This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am so grateful you're here today. Today, you're listening to episode 73, and my guest is Kelly Reese. Kelly has a heart for helping mothers replace anxiety and guilt with fulfillment and joy. She is the mom to five. She recently went back to work teaching. She is an educator. She teaches fifth grade. But she spent, I think she said it was 11 years, home with her kids. And so she has been doing the teaching thing again for two years now. And so we get to hear about that transition. And Kelly also shares with us about choosing joy in her life, even in the hard times. How she handled motherhood when it wasn't necessarily what she thought it would be. And also when she didn't really like those baby years. You know, you can be a mom and not really be into babies and toddlers. That's a thing. Doesn't mean you don't love your kids. And Kelly will speak that truth into your life. Uh, We also talk about boundaries and what that looks like with raising kids and how she sets boundaries, but also has a lot of fun with her kids as well. This was a really fun episode. Kelly is full of joy and you will hear that from the very first like two minutes of the conversation. If you do love this conversation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, sharing it with your friends, sending the link to the episode to any of your parent friends who might be interested. Uh, We're really working hard to grow this show because we believe that there's a lot of important information in it and that it can provide a great community of support for other people walking through parenthood. So helping us by leaving a rating and review or sharing it is just one of the simplest ways you can be a part of, of that. So thanks for listening today. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Kelly Reese. All right. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Kelly Reese on the show. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You know, like Indianapolis, shout out. Yes. I'm uh, originally from Indianapolis, so it's fun to follow you and kind of get glimpses of it a little bit through your Instagram. It hasn't changed. (laughs) (laughs) Are you from Indy, though, originally? I am from, yes, I'm originally from Indianapolis, born, raised, uh, went to Ball State, so I stayed in Indiana. I've lived out of state for four years. So for four years, um, my husband and I were living in Birmingham, Alabama. So from 2012-ish to, to, uh, yeah, about 2016, we were there. But other than that, this this is home. Okay. Kelly has five kids, and she had five kids in five years. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just start there? We can unpack that. Listen, so (laughs) what I'm most often asked is, number one, are there any multiples? Uh And no, there are not any multiples. Um, Currently, our children are, I have Kenneth, who is 15, Cameron, who is 14, uh, Kennedy, who is 12 and some change, Kylan, who is 11, and Chloe, who is nine, but getting ready to turn 10. So basically between 10 to 15, we have no multiples. Um, The second thing people want to know is, did you guys plan it that way? Um, 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this was not our plan. If you were to tell me I'm going to have five kids, I'll be like, oh, okay. If you were to tell me I was going to have five kids in five years, I would be like, not me. Because I don't do babies. I don't do spit up and, just, you know, all that. Um, but it was obviously, um, I'm a woman of faith. I believe it was God's plan for us. And it's the best fit for us, right? Definitely not in my scope. Didn't think that was happening. And then people want to know, are you guys going to have any more? And uh, so, no, I don't have any multiples. No, this was not planned. And we're going to stick with that rolling no. No, <laughs> we're, we're not planning to have any more. But we're, we're very grateful, very grateful for our five. You know, I we have four and they're not as close as yours. But I mean, my oldest was six when our fourth was born. And the first two were a little bit more work to happen. So with the second two, it was like, well, we're not going to prevent. We're just going to see what happens. And they just came much quicker. Um, yeah. And then when we got to the fourth, it was way sooner than I was ready. And I was just like, after him, I was like, all right, we can't play this like we're just going to see what happens game anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand that. Totally understand. So let's talk about what you just said there, though. You were like, I'm not a baby spit up person. So like for five years, actually more like seven or eight years, because I really there feel like until your mm -hmm. youngest is three, right? You're like in baby toddler, like everything is dangerous mode. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> Let's talk about that season of your life because, man, there are a lot of people listening right now. They might have one kid in that mm -hmm. phase and they're they're losing their minds. Doesn't matter how many kids you have. I know it's hard. So let's talk about you being a person that like that did not feel natural and not feel like your thing and and what that part of your life looked like. Yeah, I, I love to share when I had our um, our firstborn. I didn't know until later that my best friends around me had planned this. Okay, you'll be with her at this time. You'll be with her at this time you'll, because they did not even trust me with babies. <laughs> I, now, I'm a whole married woman. They were like, but Kelly doesn't know what she's doing. That's how much I was not a baby person. That even when the child was here, they was like, who's going to help her? Um, and so I, I often say the tools that I needed during that time, like I believe God gave me those tools during that time, because even now, if you were to hand me a baby, I would feel a little, <laughs> I, I just uncomfortable. I don't know. Um, but yeah, babies, um, the spit up, the, all the things that come with baby. I love children. I'm a children's person, right? So I'm an educator by trade. I love children when they're walking and talking. That's my vibe. So here I am in this season. That's not my vibe. This season that is not um, natural for me to love, but yet I'm naturally a, an upbeat person. And I'm mm -hmm. naturally a loving person. So there was this tension with my feelings, right? Like I know how I'm supposed to feel about this. And I know how I feel about other things. Why don't I, why don't I have this ooey gooey? I just love it. Um, when it comes to the smaller, the small kids. Okay. <laughs> just, just that, that, that season. Um, and, and it was tough again, just just knowing what I was supposed to feel like and not feeling that way and then feeling bad about it. Not realizing that my children, I love deeply and I always have, um, but the tasks, the constant pulling, the touching, the sounds just <laughs> that are just simply 
overwhelming at times, right? Because it, it's nonstop. Um, that's what I was struggling with and not struggling with loving my children, but rather struggling with how do I operate in this season? And when I began to separate that, I'm like, okay, now I need systems in place, et cetera. Instead of I must be a bad person. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I start thinking I, I'm not a great mother because I don't love these things, then that's a different issue to deal with. But when I realize it's the things I need a system in place. So that was definitely like now I, I feel like I'm dating myself. But when my oldest was little um, and where we were living, there were not a lot of mom's day out programs. In fact, the ones that were nearest us were about 25 to 30 minutes away and they were very expensive. Mm. And here I am, I've just come home from a full time. Like we just don't have that type of, so I was with my children every day, all day. There was never a drop off point until my oldest went to kindergarten. Mm. So when he was home, like my oldest is five. I had a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn, you know, and I'm, so it was tough. But again, learning to separate and to really see the issue and not internalize that as me being a bad person, that's when I began to really view motherhood through the lens of which I believe it should be viewed. That's when I began to experience, um, or not experience the joy because I've had the joy, but really living it out when things are tough things are tough yeah you know well and first of all like regardless of what job you have if you have five children that would need to be in daycare right that's like that's like seven thousand dollars a month a month easy (laughs) easy with five you know yeah easy depending on where you live mm -hmm. so that was the thing it was just like Uh, yeah and and I tell people um just especially when people look at me, they're like, how do you do it with five? I can't even do it with two or I, or the, I only have, Yeah, I'm like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> However many children you have is the weight, right? So there is no such thing as I only have one. That one is a whole human. That whole human has needs. You're going to feel pulled, et cetera. The hardest season for me is when I had two. Mm. I had, that was the hardest season for me. Um, a, they were 14 months apart, but B, I did, I had to learn how to divide my energy and coordinate skips too. That was, so anytime I see a mother with two, my heart is automatically bent toward them. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. But regardless, regardless if it's one, two, five, a friend of mine has seven children, children, you know, they, they require some energy. There's so much love. There's so much fun. There is so much, you know, so many positive things. Um, but it also, but they also require a lot yeah. from us. <laughs> I know that's such a common question too. Like what was the hardest transition for you? Like zero to one, one to two. And I, oftentimes I say zero to one, but if we're talking about adding kids, I think for me it was two to three. Yeah. Cause there just weren't enough. I felt like I didn't have enough hands to keep everybody safe or whatever it may be. What do you like? I think that that even now I'm in a pretty sweet spot. Like youngest is three, oldest is nine. Man, this big kid stuff is really fun, you know. Yes. Like it's so fun. But there are still moments, especially with my little little ones, where I get the touched out. Like mm-hmm. for the love, stop touching me. Like <laughs> stop touching me. And I just need like go away. Do you have any like strategies for handling the overtouched? <laughs> my strategy, um, <clears throat> well, <laughs> I tell people to stop touching me. <laughs> And then I exit. 
I exit. I exit. I like it. You do not have, you don't even have access to me because I'm gone. Yep. So that door is closed and I tell them for your good, you stay on that side. I'm going to stay on this side. I'll be back. Like, that's the thing. And I honestly, um, I had to teach my children at a very young age because I, I know myself well enough to know um, things that I need. I need sleep. Mm. And um, I know when I need space. Mm. So even when they were young, um, I knew how to show them, hey, when this door is closed, hey, when you see this, this is how we operate. So I had to establish that really young because if I, the the touching part, you know, um, and I and for me personally, I have a lot of friends who like that is their primary love language. Mm. It's not mine. It is not mine. And so. I love, and I realize this about myself. I love to hug people, and I I'm a huge hugger. And then I realize, yeah, because I get to control it. Mm. Like I get to come to you and hug you, and I'm going to embrace you. But how do I feel when someone is pulling on me, and my response isn't quite as? Eh. So I notice that about myself. Um, yo, like yo, Kelly, pe- people touch. It's okay. <laughs> um, but just knowing that my my boundaries as well, because I never want my children to feel like they can't. Right. So it was just like, hey, when this door is shut, this door is shut. I'm I'm, I'm on the other side of it. I have not left the house. I'm just on the other side of this bedroom door. Leave it closed. Um, but I had to do that. I had to establish some pretty we had some pretty tight boundaries. In fact, when the kids were that age, I was telling you about newborn to five. We were living in a fourteen hundred square foot house, um, three bedrooms, one bathroom. And it was an older home and the doors did not have locks. Uh. Inside the house, I should say. Yeah. So they could very easily, any door, they could very easily open. And so that's what it was for me that made me have to teach them. I don't care if you can turn it, don't turn that knob, you know, unless there's blood, vomit, or fire. Yeah. Those are our big three, you know, but I had to teach them that just even by the very physical setup, uh, the physical environment, I guess I should say, that we were in that there would have been no boundaries otherwise. So tight boundaries, expressing, I will express how I feel. Um, and I teach them to do the same thing too. Like just even when it comes to, I can tell my, like one of my kids is visibly sad. Um, hey, what's going on? Nothing. Mm-mm. You're not allowed to say nothing. You can say, I don't want to talk about it, but you can't say nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So just teaching them, Hey, here's just that, that tough stuff kind of a thing. Um, but I, I, I demonstrated and, all that to say, when I'm touched out, they know. <laughs> I'm super, We're honest in our house. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm super curious. You seem like you run a tight ship, but a fun ship. Like, yeah. that's the vibe I get from following you. Like, I feel like you bring the fun with your kids, but also, like you mentioned, they know the boundaries. Absolutely. And that is how I operate. Before I even had kids and as as I was a teacher, I had a parent say to me, you know what? I like you because you're firm Mm -hmm. and you're fun. And I was just like, yeah, I am, you know, because that's that's just kind of how I am. So the boundaries are very tight and clear. And within that within those boundaries, there's freedom. Yeah. That's how you have the fun. I can't just operate on don't, 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 don't. Once we're inside this boundary, we can, yeah, there's going to be freedom there. Um, how did you get yeah. there, though? Because I struggle with that. And, you know, I I try to not over-research all the parenting stuff and just kind of like, you know, follow my instincts as a human and a mother. But I've researched all this, like, positive parenting. And sometimes it's just a little too woo-woo for me. It's a little too, like, you know, just too soft and my it, yeah. my kids don't respond. I want a parent with firm ki- and kindness, 
But I have this like hard time setting those strong boundaries while being firm and being kind. It's hard. Yeah. And I think it's hard because the firm part doesn't feel good. Yeah. That's often when that mom guilt steps in, like you are too mean or your kids are going to be angry or your kids are not going to like you or your kids are going to have a very poor childhood that they're going to have to recover from. It's in that firm. Mm -hmm. And the thing with the firm is that firm is firm. Mm -hmm. Like it is simply firm and it doesn't feel good, but it's for their good. Mm -hmm. Right. And just accepting that feeling of, ugh. And then watching it over time work, you know, because your kids are, well, I don't know about your kids. My kids are, they're not excited and loving and hugging me when things are firm. They're accepting it, but they're not like, thank you so much for that boundary. <laughs> Mom, you're awesome. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't do that. They operate within the boundary and then they see the freedom that happens while I'm in it. You know, so it's 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 kind of like that. The firm doesn't feel good. And as moms and as nurturers and as caregivers, we want not only the best for our kids, but we want to always feel our best and we want them to feel their best. And so when I don't feel good about a firm boundary or I see that they're not going to be excited about this firm boundary, then that's going to cause me to go, well, let me loosen up a little mm -hmm. bit so that everybody's feeling OK, except for me. Now I'm losing it. Right. There are no boundaries, except, you, you know, and and so, or then to, on the opposite, like, okay, so I've got a softer approach, but this isn't quite working, you know? And so it's, it's a lot of, it can be a lot of how we feel in our home. And so now I will say this, every mother is the best, most mothers, every mother, when I say this, is the best mother for their, ch for their child, right? So you're going to read, um, you're going to read some parenting advice and look at this particular way, and you're going to apply it to your child the way that fits best in your home. Mm -hmm. So the framework is set, and then you have that freedom within there to go, okay, this is, I know the bend of my child. And that's why, if anything, I want moms to know you have the freedom to be the best mom for your mom that you can be. You know, your motherhood journey is going to look different. Even within my five, I parent them differently. Mm. Within the five, I parent them differently. And I have the freedom to do that. You know, one of the things that social media has done, we know it causes us to compare. Yeah, we, we feel that. But it also causes us to question, mm -hmm. am I doing this right? Because their highlight reel shows what they get. When truth be told, it's like we get the full picture of what's happening. You will see that you are going to do right by your children. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And it may not look exactly like, but again, if you find like a technique or something that you like, great, grab it and adopt it for, for your home, you know, and make it fit. But all that to say, firm is not fun. Firm works when not taken to the extreme. So I'm not domineering, but boundaries are necessary. And let me say to tell you this too, as an educator, when this child comes in a room and there's boundaries in my room that you're not used to having, uh. oh, it's a rude awakening. <laughs> it's, it's a rude awakening. Cause I'm like, so you don't have any boundaries. Okay. Well, let me teach you something, <laughs> but it, but it does, it opens their eyes to the real world. I think there is a dangerous because it can go too far, but there's a dangerous mindset that says, if I create boundaries for my child, then they're, they're going to not think for themselves. Like there's this negative connotation to it. So I'm going to allow them to choose everything. Well, with the, 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 even the development of a child, children are not designed to choose everything. That's why they have us. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, red shirt or blue shirt, but not 
you want to go to the dentist? Oh, you don't. Aww. You know, just <laughs> sorry. But I don't know. Somebody might have. Sorry if that's you. But anyway, but it's just firm in a healthy way. May not even feel good for us, but it, it can work for their good. Gosh, those are all like such good points. And I think that is why you're like, ah, just let them do it. Like, I don't want to deal with. It's really what it boils down to is you don't want to deal with what you're feeling. Yeah. And then you don't want to deal with the pushback. It's like this constant teeter totter of like, you just want peace in your house, right? Yep. But the boundaries are going to create. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The boundaries are going to create the peace, but it's like managing those emotions when you stick to your guns. Yeah. And the, the, the counterintuitive reality yeah. is that there's freedom with boundaries. Yeah, that's so good. There really is. There is. Well, and I love all that you said too, because it is so true. I mean, I have learned some amazing techniques with just like um, when my kids fight and things like that and navigating that from different parenting experts in like the positive parenting world. But I don't buy into everything they they mm-hmm. teach. But this, the things like you said that I've clung to, that clung is that a word um it's about to be (laughs) (laughs) we've made it one um it significantly helped my life um but and and you know when I started this podcast it's like I don't want to get on here and say do this not that do this not that this is you know but I just want to give people tools so that they can be like okay this might work for me this might be helpful maybe this isn't for me and so I love what you're saying like take what works and use it for your personal, unique family. Yes. And trust yourself enough to know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Like the very fact that you are trying to find an answer says, I am doing what's right by my child. Yeah. You know, and we have to remember as moms to give ourselves credit for that. I'm doing the right. I'm the best mother for my child and let that sit. Hey friends, a quick break here. I don't know if you have a place where you get your multivitamins, but if you do not and you find yourself walking through the Target aisle like, what brand even works? What brand is credible? What brand has clinically effective products? Well, I have an answer for you and that's Prevenex. I have been working with Prevenex for two years now and I take their multivitamins, my kids take their Supervites, that's their kids' chewable multivitamin, and we use their protein powder as well. We use it, I use it in water, I just shake it up after a workout, and we also make smoothies with it. They have a new product on their line. It's called the Immune Health Plus, which is an innovative everyday immune health support. It's clinically formulated to enhance your immune system's ability to adapt and react to your unique immune system needs. They've been working on this product for over two years. I actually watched a 20-minute webinar about it and it's legit. The cool thing about Prevenex too is they believe so deeply that their products are effective. If you do not see results within 30 days, they will give you your money back. I highly recommend checking out their multivitamins, supplements, and definitely check out the new Immune Health Plus. Okay, so here's the deal. If you have not shopped with them before, use the code LINDSAY15. That will save you 15% off your order. If you've already used that code, you've already tried their protein powder or their multivitamins, and you want to try Immune Health Plus and still get the 15% off, you can use the code IMMUNITY15. That's IMMUNITY15. 
and that will save you 15% off the Immune Health Plus for a limited time. Go check it out, Prevenex.com, code Lindsay15 if you're a first-time purchaser or Immunity15 if you want to try out the Immune Health Plus and you've already used that first code. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Kelly. Okay, let's talk about you, this exuberant joy that you have. I, I was, I think of three words when I see you come up on your Instagram stories, and you should do it more often. By the way, every time you pop up and you're like, "Hey, guy," you know, I'm like, "Yeah," because you bring joy, you bring encouragement, and you bring love, and I feel that from you, which is why I wanted to interview you. Thank you. I, That's I a choice, though. <laughs> right. All talk about the- that. Like you choose your joy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Naturally, I am an upbeat person. So I never want to act like that. That's not there. However, (laughs) however, um, there is a conscious decision to when you're talking about choosing joy, because I, I, I'm in this, I understand joy and happiness different, mm-hmm. differently, happiness being very circumstantial, joy being within. So even in the toughest of circumstances, choosing to have joy for me starts in my faith. And so as I trust God to handle the situations that I'm dealing with, even when it hurts, even when there's pain, there's a supernatural joy that happens simply because I'm choosing to not rest my hope in the circumstances. And so, yeah, I may be upbeat, but upbeat can't take you through life. (laughs) It just cannot. Um, On a practical standpoint, when my kids were little um, and even now, I would make sure to find something uh, to laugh about. And I would document it sometimes in a journal, but just a lot of times on social media. So just like they said this thing or, or that thing. And just the other day I was telling my husband, I am so glad I did that because every day I have a memory from 10 years ago of something that my children did or said. And if I only looked at my memories, you would think that was the most perfect time that it was all good all funny, all fun, because I chose to just document that one thing. So, but the difference is some people like to give this ideal, like this is my whole life. And I'm like, no, or, and it may not necessarily be true, but no, it would be something true, something small, but I would document it. And just by way of Facebook, I get a reminder Mm -hmm. of something just every day. And, um, so that's when I think about joy, the love, Love is also a choice because love is an action. You know, as we think about love, we think about the feeling, but love, a true sacrificial love is an action. In order for me to operate from the, from the guys or not even the guys, just having the internal motivation of love, it's got to be seen. You know, it's in the doing and embracing that concept instead of this is how I feel. No, this is what I'm choosing to do. And the encouragement piece is so interesting that you say that, because when I first began blogging and this was truly a blog (laughs) um, 10 years ago, I remember shaking as I was just kind of typing the part of the story that I'm like, I, this doesn't feel good. But as a mom, yeah. And just kind of sharing the full picture. And so many women responded like, 
wow, you what kind of a thing that that encourage that encouragement piece kind of came along as I was simply telling my story, mm-hmm. you know, so just like you, I'm like, I don't want to have like three things to do to be a great mom. One, two, three. I'm just sharing my story. And and then women begin to connect with it. And I'm thankful to God to be an encouragement, because, again, as I'm in the trenches, kind of t- typing it out, I mean, everything, potty training, kids fighting, all the things and women being encouraged by that. I'm like, oh, that is not of me. None of it is of me. But it's just interesting that you said that, because I was just like, what if I share this part? What will they think of me? And it, it was actually the opposite women were just attracted. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's like, it's almost like as a parent, it's a comfort to see like when someone else's kid does something crazy. Cause you're just like, yes. Oh, I'm not alone. Like, yes, <laughs> I just posted this picture of my kids through all these like little tiny rubber bands all over the house. I saw Did you that. see that? Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's, it's just like, it just makes you like realize, okay, their house is a mess too, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so many times too, I've always been like, I have four really healthy kids. Like I'm so grateful. And so I never want to come off as complaining, but it's just like you want to display what's truly happening. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing It's the truth in it. And on, on my perspective, I want to show the truth and then also give the hope Yeah, because we get also lost in the truth and be like, woe is me. Yeah. I want to show you that I want to offer you hope as well. Give us the hope. What's the hope (laughs) for me? (laughs) They're going to grow up. (laughs) <laughs> it's also sad though because you're like don't leave I've never said don't leave um <laughs> I'm okay you are the second mom that I was like well your kids haven't left the house yet but I interviewed a mom like I don't know a few weeks ago and I was like are you sad though because like they've got one foot out one foot in they're about to leave and she was like I am not sad <laughs> mm. I, I'm, I'm not I um I used to question like my motherhood because <laughs> even on the first day of kindergarten when everybody's all I wasn't like kicking him out the door, <laughs> but I was just like, this is exciting. Like, this is the next thing. Yeah. So it was another mom friend of mine um, who has those same so those same feelings. Like, all right, on to the next, on to the next. And she has seven. And so I was just like, I need to make sure I stay connected with women who have multiple children because yeah. it's a different thing sure you know not that one is better or the other but it's like when you always got somebody coming up next it's it is almost celebratory that that next step happens not that I'm pushing I don't I do not want my children launched any earlier than they need to be but I'm also not lingering (laughs) I'm not holding on I want to prepare you I want to love you so that I can launch you well into this world. But I, yeah, I don't get sappy. And I, I honestly used to feel bad about it. Like there'd be times <laughs> I'm like, I'm supposed to be crying right now. I know. Like my I'm best not. friend, she like, <laughs> when her youngest went to, off to kindergarten, she was like, I just need the day. Like she's very like, you know, but I wonder, cause my youngest hasn't gone yet. You, your youngest is what? 10. Yeah. She'll be 10. Will I be, I mean, I mean, I, and I get a little bit weepy. I think I get a little more emotional than what you described, but I, I wonder if I will be super sad when it's my last. And right. You know what? And those are things too, because I won't have someone underneath right. to, yeah, that, that is very real. I'll, I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> because, you know, it's like when my first two, my, my third will go to kindergarten next year, but when my first two went to kindergarten, I was so overwhelmed with the little boys, like my youngest ones, that like I I just like couldn't hardly breathe enough to think about being sad. Yeah. I mean, my second when my 
oldest went to first grade and my second went to pre-K. We were at IPS and so they did full day pre-K, which I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like so yeah. happy. Um, I just like couldn't even process those emotions because I had a two-year-old and a baby, you know, and I just, mm-hmm. so I wonder when I'm sending Sandy, my youngest off, if I'm just going to say, okay, or I'm going to say, I have freedom from nine to three. And the thing is, whichever way that you feel is right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you feel freedom, yay. If you feel sad, yeah, not yay that you're sad, but it's like, that's how you, that's what I love. Like you get to choose how you feel about it and you don't have to compare how you feel about it toward me. Um, or, and I don't have to go, well, Oh no, they're sad. Now I have to be sad, you know? And that's, that's the freedom and the beauty in it. It's like, you get to be how you are, you know, you absolutely do and enjoy it. Um, talk to us about leaning into our emotions. I heard you, I heard you talk about, I don't, was it your husband or your son that got in a car accident? Uh, my husband. Your husband gets in a car accident. You get, <laughs> you, you figure out all the details and then you get on social media to numb. Yeah. Yep. That is exactly, he was in, he was in an accident. Uh, he was driving a, a, what do you call them? Like the, the trail, the big ones. Like a semi? I cannot. The semi. I'm like, I don't know. The semi. Okay. So he's into other driving now. So I'm like, wait, what were you driving then? A semi. And it overturned and went across a median to oncoming traffic. Like it was a huge thing. Right. Um, Looking at the pictures, it, it, it doesn't look like anyone survived. In fact, when the um, emergency response, or the emergency responders came, they were looking for someone, in their words, to peel off the pavement because they've seen this enough before, right? So this was a huge thing. Um, and he called me. He was on his way to the hospital. He called and told me what was going on. I didn't even realize how bad it was, but he called and told me. I was just like, okay. And I got off the phone and I just got on social media as if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, I need to go to this time. I need to be, uh, let me figure out what's going to mm-hmm. happen to the kids, the kids. And it was just like, I needed to turn off. I didn't need to. I was choosing to turn off how I felt about it, mm-hmm. which was a huge wake up call for me. And I realized that's Kelly, that's how you operate. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the thing, you make the plan. And you execute the plan, but do you give yourself an opportunity to feel what's happening? And that that was a wake up call. That absolutely was like, girl, <laughs> your husband just got into a serious accident here. Yes, you have the details worked out, but pause and deal with the emotion of it all. And so I found myself since that time reminding myself to pause. It's OK to pause and to feel it even while I'm dealing with it to feel it, even if I don't know how to deal with it. But those were, that was just something that may come as we talk about what comes naturally for people work operating in my feelings is not natural for me. It's, it's seriously not. I'm like, no, uh, I'll feel all that later. What needs to happen? Yeah. Because how I feel about it is not going to help this, you know, but the prop, the, the thing is rather that with that, those feelings go somewhere when they go somewhere undealt with, it is a very unhealthy situation. So that was a wake up call for me. And that was about a over two years ago. You know, it's just like the world we live in now. I sometimes wonder, I'm happy to be where we are, but like, I'm sometimes like, 
what if I was growing up in like the 80s and I was parenting then with like no social media, no phone mm-hmm. attachment? How much more present would I really be? And just the fact of the matter is like, you know, talk about numbing emotions. Like I have to go every six months and get a checkup because I have, I'm BRCA positive, long story short. So I have to get my ovaries checked every six months. Every single time I go sit in the doctor's office, as soon as I'm free to myself, I'm get on my phone, scrolling through social media to distract myself and to like numb out what I'm really like that anxiety. But I know that Mm -hmm. if I like sit and processed it and like, did the deep breathing and like felt it, I'd probably be managing it a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned just about, uh, excuse me, about social media. And for the first three years as a mom, I did not have social media. And so when I look at, when I look back, I'm always thankful for those three years. Because once, like, once you get on, like, once you in here, it's just a whole situation. <laughs> but to, I didn't, I didn't hop on social media until my third child. So by that point, you can't really, not that I know everything, but I'm not relying on people to mm-hmm. tell me what to do kind of a thing. And I always say, I am very grateful for that time because yeah. you talk about being present, you know, and just things like that and not having that opportunity to numb what's happening, but actually having to sit in, sit in it and deal with it. So yeah, it's, I know I'm like, Lindsay, put some music on, do something, 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 Mm -hmm. read a book even. I mean, I don't know if that's numbing, but it just feels like a different kind of, feels like a safer escape than Mm -hmm. scrolling on social media. Yeah. Um, Okay. I want to talk about you going back to work. (laughs) When did, when did that happen? You will never believe this. This happened right in the middle of COVID. Oh, beautiful. So, right. So August, 2020. Um, so I have been home for 11 years. Okay. Yeah. I think at that point, so it, I was not looking to go back to work full time. I'd been working part time as just so I could be in the same school as my kid, kids and stuff. And I contacted my principal to let him know I'm not even going to do the part time thing anymore because this new thing called COVID and we don't know this and we don't, and I just don't like this and et cetera, et cetera. And he paused and he said, Oh, that makes what I was going to ask you a bit of a moot point. And I was like, where were you going to ask me? (laughs) And and that's when he was telling me about this fifth grade position at my school. So I, yeah, I was calling to quit. Mm. I was absolutely calling to quit. And so when he told me that it was just like, it was a lot. My husband and I talked like over the weekend, we were praying about it, just really feeling, just trying to understand how this would truly impact our family. It was quite a decision. It was, it was quite a decision. Um, and for three years previous to that, every year I was always offered a job. Would you like to work full time, full time? And I always said, I cannot, because when I am an amazing educator by day, I'm a horrible mom at night. Mm. And I said no for three years. Um, And and then this particular season, I was looking at the ages of my children. At that time, my youngest was in third grade. My oldest was in, what, seventh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to seventh grade. Um, And I'm like, well, we're in a different place now, you know, versus maybe pre-K and, you know, fifth grade or whatever. Um, And we decided that even just for our family that we'll go ahead and and I, I went back. Love it. I absolutely love it. I'm excited. Um, I teach fifth grade. I I just love it. I'm glad I did it. You know, I'm, or I'm glad I'm doing it. I don't want anybody to think she quit. <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing it. I'm I'm glad um, to have this opportunity. It was, it is an incredible adjustment. Um, and I, I keep saying the word mom guilt, but that's what's constantly in my mind of being aware of. Mm. 
and having to use the very tools that I share with other women in my own life currently every day. But yeah, going back to work was like, I'm glad I did. Um, and I've also learned, I'm learning more. Hey everybody, a quick break here. I want to tell you about this lash therapy that I've been using for six months now. It is made by Hello Skincare. And I've always like felt like my eyelashes weren't super healthy and I could never figure out a way to make them feel more full. And actually, when I first started trying this product, I really was skeptical. I did not think it would actually work. And I cannot believe what it has done for my eyelashes. I've never worn fake eyelashes or anything like that. I'm not a big makeup person, but I did know that I didn't like how my eyelashes looked. And so I tried this out. This is a deep conditioning lash serum. It uses a unique blend of peptides, vegan stem cells, vitamins, and amino acids to fortify and amplify the appearance of lash length and fullness. It's crazy how much it's changed my eyelashes, and I'm not just saying that. I cannot believe the difference this has made. I've never tried another product. I've never tried any sort of lash product to help grow my eyelashes and make them longer and fuller, but this stuff works. Now you got to give it like 30 to 60 days. Within 30 days, you start seeing results and 60 days, you really start seeing results. And now I can't go back. So you all can go check it out. Go to helloskincare.com. And when you use the code LindsayH20, that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-H-20, you can save 20% off your order. They also have a C-Juvenate Super Serum and a Time Machine Super Serum. I use both of those as well. But if I had to start at one, if I just wanted to buy one product from them, I would definitely start with that lash therapy. Let me know what you think if you try it out. Again, that's helloskincare.com. Use the code LindsayH20. All right, friends. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Kelly. Let me ask you this about mom guilt. I, you know, I think about this a lot because my husband, like, doesn't have dad guilt. Right. Does your He never will. Yeah. I, and like, I think I do a pretty good job with it, but like, I, I think we most often fight my husband and I, when like, I go do something for myself and it's not even that he's like trying to stop me. It's that my guilt pushes off resent because I'm afraid he's going to resent that I'm gone. And then I like feel guilty leaving the kids. So then I'm automatically snippy. And like, he's like, what are you doing? Like what go run or whatever, you know, like. And it's, I think it's all because subconsciously I feel guilty for leaving. Yes. And the dads don't, they'll go, they'll go work out and not have a problem. They'll, you know, whatever. And the, and it's truly just so, so men and women are different. Yeah. It does not mean we have different, we have women are of lesser value or even greater value. We are simply different and it's okay that we're different. So physiologically we're different and we got to just know that. And as we talk about the way we're naturally made, we're naturally, most women are made to be a nurturer. So that, so just even the shape of our body, the hips, the breasts, like we are physically just, that's how we're, we're created. Men as, it doesn't mean we can't protect, but you know, just men are not necessarily naturally a nurturer. And so while I can leave and go 
I'm so glad you love running. I love running too. Well, I can leave and go for a run and have a whole Rolodex of things and reasons and why I have to rush back and stuff like that. Yeah. He can leave and do whatever and it not happens. So we miss each other when I'm going through these emotions and he doesn't get it. Right. Right. Or when he's not going through the emotions and I'm mad. Right. <laughs> like, you don't feel bad kind of a thing. So it's stepping back and realizing, okay. He, again, as I was saying before, I've got to separate what's actually happening, what I'm feeling. My husband is not my enemy. My husband and I are different. If we were the exact same person, one of us would not be necessary. We're different. We're going to feel things differently. We need to operate within those differences. But he's not going to measure up to my level of quote unquote guilt. Mm -hmm. He's not. You know, but then to that same extreme, I may not bear the pressure or the weight that he carries as far as the overall good of our home. But just however it is working out, um, it's just not going to be the same. And I can't fault him for that. You know, and it took some years. It's hard to really understand because I can't understand why you don't feel this way. Like they the kids belong to us. (laughs) Can we share the emotional burden? And yes. to some degree, we can. But at the end of the day, I'm still mom. And that's just going to hit differently. Yeah. I mean, and it's as little, it even goes down to little things like if I'm trying to get my interviews done or whatever and like pick people up from school and then I'm like, the kitchen's also messy. I need to do that. He can just not care about the kitchen. It's not to say he won't clean it up when he has time, but that's not bothering him. Like he can just live his life. And I'm just thinking, I got to get the kitchen clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> the word unbothered. Yes. Absolutely. And I don't understand why you're unbothered. <laughs> I do not understand. Like the other day, let me just tell you the yeah, other day, me. I was just like, but I can't think because there's just so much clutter. And he's just like, oh, she's in one of those moods again. I mean, how can you think? How can you think when, when there's clutter? <laughs> you know, just, Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the statement when people are like, oh, just let the dishes pile up and enjoy the moment. It's like, but I can't enjoy the moment if the dishes are piled up. That's all just like some people can. I'm not some people. And so realizing that too, because now going back to just when the kids were little, that was the verbiage. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think the, the big, the popular thing was my kitchen floors are sticky, but I have happy kids or something. And I'm like, this sticky floor is not happy. (laughs) Right. And so learning, Hey, that's okay. I do know people who can operate like that. I can't. So we need to clean these floors so that we can all understand that I need to be happy too. Yes. <laughs> you know, but just knowing, hey, it's it's different. That's the main, if nothing else, just knowing that we are different. We're different. We're going to be different from other moms. We're going to be different from our spouse. Um, and then that's okay. Different does not mean bad, right? So sometimes when I see different, I cast a negative light on myself. Like, where is my deficit? Yeah. Is there really a, de- a deficit or am I different? So... Tell us, Kelly, about your, like the podcast. I know you used to co-host and then also just your ministry and motherhood in general. Like what is, and and you're, you know, you're working, you're back to working in the classroom full time. So like, what are, how are you balancing those two things? What does the motherhood ministry look like right now? Oh, that is such a good question. So I don't think it'll ever balance out. You know, I yeah, I don't, it's not going to balance out. So I like to operate in seasons. What can I do in this season and how can I make it work? So the big thing right now is my job. So that's taking up the biggest, the bigger part of my time. However, my heart's cry is for women. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for moms, particularly with children in the home. And that is my desire is to equip moms to be that best mom for your child. And in order but in order to carry that out in this particular season I'm in, I've got to find those pockets like those days off of no school, like today, um, in a couple of weeks when we're on spring break, I have two speaking engagements lined up. In the summer, just just different things where every time there is just a pocket that I'm able to be very intentional about pouring into moms and not in an overwhelming way. So I have two days off from school, Oh, sure. 45 minute meeting. Absolutely. Instead of, well, I'm going to spend those two days, you know, going all in. So just really understanding I can find a pocket of time here and still do what I do well and still connect. And these past two years of being back in the classroom and still managing uh, ministry and motherhood, number one, ministry and mothering, number one is learning that the ministry continues. I don't necessarily have to have a platform. Whenever I speak to a mom of a student in my class, looking her in the eye and saying, you have a good kid. You've done so well. As we talk about the behavior issues or as we talk about the the grades or the academia or any concerns they may have, I want to look you in the eye and tell you how how well you've done. And the number of times I've done that and just since out of sincerity, you know, yeah. and the tears and the emotional moments that I've had just simply talking to a mom, I'm constantly reminded this is also ministry. You're coming in contact with parents on a totally different level. Parents are responding to you when they don't necessarily respond to anybody else in the school, parents who, whose children are not in your class are coming to you. So that platform is still there. And then when I have an opportunity to chat with friends like Lindsay or to, you know, go to um, a retreat or speak on a platform that's there as well. So it's understanding that the platform is not only behind a microphone, but living it out day by day. Um, and then also just simply being realistic, saying, OK, life is busy. Um, for me, Saturdays are my day that I do absolutely nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. For me to schedule something on a Saturday, I'll go, okay, that means I need to make sure I have three more Saturdays before anything else happens. Yeah. Because what I realized is I operate very, you know, I, I'm, I'm high functioning, right? But in order for me to be as high, as high functioning, my rest has to kind of, no, not kind of, it has to measure up as well. And so when I say I do nothing, my children don't even see me. (laughs) I peek out and come downstairs to do something like it is an understood thing that I am doing nothing, but I'm refueling. I'm refueling. We're going to have our family day on Sunday. We're going to have our breakfast. We're going to go to church. We're going to do our family night. We're going to go back and do all the things on Monday, too. But Saturdays mm -mm. and recognizing that that's where I am now. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like that when I was not working full time. I could just whatever. So just saying, okay, I am a high functioning person. I need to make sure my rest matches my function and I need to make sure my communication matches my rest and my function so that I can operate in a way that's healthy. Um, And what would be quote unquote called balance. But I'm like, it is really not balance. (laughs) It's not balanced at all. But I do want to be healthy and I want to make sure the main thing is the main thing. Um, if I say my family is my biggest priority, I need to demonstrate that. Taking care of myself, just all the things that we say and we know to do, I am in the fire of you need to not just know what to do. You need to do what you know. And what, what the way I'm living right now is like, girl, live it out. You say this, do it. 
You've shown this, do it again. You encourage women to do it, demonstrate it. And that's what's happening right now. I I love the thought process of like, this is where it is now. Like as far as like talking to the parents at your school and stuff like this, is, I'm just like living it out in my everyday life. This is where my ministry is going. Um, yeah. What do you do on Saturdays? Like, do you watch Netflix? Do you read books? Sometimes um, Netflix, sometimes uh, just scrolling my phone. Sometimes I make a reel. <laughs> I do love my it. reels on Saturdays. Why do um, they take? Why are they so freaking time consuming? I don't know. I, I, I ugh, drives me crazy. The perfectionist in us, I'm going to say, because if it doesn't have to be perfect, it, it won't take very long, ugh. but it's going to take a long time because that has to match up. Um, I eat whatever I want to eat. Love it. Yeah. And actually, like I, I do a bounce class, which I have to get up for and I have to talk myself into like I love the <laughs> class but I'm like Saturday is the only day I don't have an alarm right and so I naturally will get up at six o'clock in the yeah. morning but <laughs> I'm like I don't want to have to go anywhere um but just anything that I just feel like doing yeah that's so good I know that's pretty much my natural alarm clock too I don't set an alarm because I don't have to be my our kids go to school at nine. Oh, it's a long freaking morning it is a long morning. So I don't set an alarm because I usually naturally wake up at like six. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's. Do your kids get up early? Eh, the oldest gets up the earliest, like around six. So it's fine. And the other ones get up about seven. But it's it's just like a long morning of roughhousing and Nerf guns and all the things before 9 a.m. before you yeah. go, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, same for me on the weekend. Like I naturally get up about six, but I don't want to commit to anything before nine. Yep. Um, okay. We're going to wrap up here. I, you know, I like, I've been excited about this interview all day because I just knew that you would bring so much like enthusiasm and oh. <laughs> enjoy. So this has been really fun and I always hate to wrap up when it's fun. Um, before we do into podcasts though, like what is your... What is your thing? Like when you get on stage and you see a group of, of, you know, like when you have a plan for a talk and sometimes it goes another direction because you're like the audience is feeling something different. Like what is your heart to want to say to like a woman in the audience? Like picture the couple thousand people listening to this, like in front of your face. Like what does your heart want to say to them? Oh, that is such a good question. My heart would say that you are the best mom for your child. Lean into that. Absolutely lean into that. And because of that, as you're doing the best that you can for your child, you do not bear the weight or the responsibility of the outcome. We do what we do. We do it well. We do it with mistakes. There will be mistakes. Mistakes don't mean you're a failure, but you don't carry the responsibility of it. A lot of times the weight that we feel is I am responsible for every wrong thing my child has done or my child is doing or this decision that's being made. And we're not. You do not bear you do not bear the weight of it. So in that embrace it, you know, embrace a season. Also understand there is some tough stuff. There's some tough stuff. And just because I'm embracing it, meaning I'm accepting the fact that it's happening does not mean I'm going to enjoy it. 
So when it comes to the diapers or when it comes to my child is making decisions that I'm like, ah, what made you do that? Or they're getting, they got on this particular site or they've said this thing at school, just the real stuff that's happening. It's not a reflection of me as a person, but rather this is a, a decision that they are, that they have made. I am here to correct. I am here to walk alongside, but I don't bear the weight of the responsibility of the outcome. I get to be a player in their story. You know, I get to be a key player, but I don't bear the weight of it. So I would just encourage moms to release yourself of that expectation that you bear the full weight. And then that will free you up to really find those pockets of enjoyment, you know, and that that will free you up to be able to love on them and to launch them as as we release this weight of it's all up to me. It's all up to me because it's not. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. That's, that is needed because, you know, I'm not to the big problems yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. My oldest is nine. I know they're coming. Yeah. But I need to know, I need to go into it with that mindset. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Write a book. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Write a book. Yeah. Yes. On what you just said? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something with motherhood. Uh, I've been playing around with this idea for probably eight years now. Okay. And I start stuff and I finish it. And I'm like, at some point I got to finish it. I have to start or I have to finish. It's been started. I have to finish. Yeah. So that would be the thing. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, I am reading Jamie Grace's book, um, (gasps) Finding Quiet. It is so, so good. I was trying to be done by last week. I'm like, for my birthday, I'm going to finish the book. I haven't finished. I'm almost there. But it's just really good. And I think the the um, subtitle is Her Journey to Find... Oh, here it is. Her Journey to Finding Peace in an Anxious World. So it's like, there's so much going on, but just... Ooh, and it's good. I need that. I've heard her on a couple podcasts. I need that book. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that. Do you have a kid's book you recommend? Um... So this is an older one, but Priscilla Shire's um, Prince Warrior series. Okay. That that book one for my kiddos was a hit. And What's they the were age? I was gonna say at the time they were I think that third grade to seventh grade. Okay. You know, kind of that was about the age range. But it was just kind of part of our dinner time. We just read a chapter or and it was I was surprised that the older ones got into it as much as they did. Okay. But they did. I am just now starting we're reading Harry Potter. And it's like, like, this is the first time I've like read a chapter book with the kids. We did just read one Hardy Boy book. Now we're reading Harry Potter. And I'm like, this is so fun. Yes. When it's a book that you can kind of like get into too as the adult. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can talk about it. And I'm so I'm already like really excited to watch the first movie together. Yeah. Which my little guys like it's a little over their heads. Thankfully, though, they just kind of fall asleep as I read. So I'm like, perfect. (laughs) And the big boys, they stay awake and listen. So it's good. Um, Okay. What is a trip or like an adventure that you've done with your family that you'd recommend? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Oh, man. We tend to do smaller 
like smaller adventures kind of thing. And they just seem to be more fun. So like here in Indiana, the dunes. Mm. So something like that's two hours away, but it's there's water and there's shells and something like that. So we're very do it small and it becomes a big deal type of a. But I, it, I think about that. And I also think we went to Wisconsin Dells one year. Um, each summer we do like a two to three days, something for our family. And that was good. But I just, I realized with my kids, it's just anytime we go somewhere, <laughs> whether we're going to the dunes or whether we're going to Wisconsin or Alabama or wherever, it's just always a big, we do the same thing all the time. So we're going to play the alphabet game in the car. We're going to watch this particular movie. It's just the whole idea. They're easy to please. And I, I they are really easy to please. So we can Go down the street. And they're like, "Whoa, let's go!" Yeah, any so. adventure can be an adventure. Yeah, I it love that. Can be an adventure. Yeah. Um, I don't normally ask this one on this podcast. I usually ask it on my running podcast, but I feel like you'll have a fun answer. Um, who's someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Oh, that's a good one too. Um. You know what? I got to go back. I'm going to sound like a super fan, but this is 100% true. It would be Jamie Grace. Oh, I love it. It absolutely would be. She's got this wit and this sense of humor and this sarcasm that we just vibe, right? And so it's like, yeah, we need to go to coffee. Jamie, are you listening? We need to go Come to on, coffee. Come on, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, she, she sings, right? She's a singer, right? Yeah. Okay. Did she have a baby recently? Yeah, she has a two-year-old. So okay, so I, maybe she is listening. Right. Send it to her. Send her the podcast. I'm, Get I'm her on. Her. <laughs> um, okay, what's your last message to leave with the audience today? I know we kind of asked that already with like, what do you love to say? But I always wrap up with that question. Girl, do your thing. <laughs> That's really it. Just enjoy the ride. It's okay when it gets bumpy. It's okay to say it's bumpy, but just do the thing. Do the thing. Love it. (laughs) Kelly, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. My jaws are hurting from smiling. You brought a (laughs) smile to my face. I knew this was going to be fun. And I knew I was like, I I know I'm bugging you, but I'm going to keep trying to get you on. Um, All right. Well, have fun. Enjoy the rest of your day off. Thanks for doing this on your day off. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye, Kelly. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Kelly, for coming on the show. You all can learn more about Kelly. Her Instagram is ministry and mothering. Go check her out. She will bring you some joy when she pops in on her Instagram stories. She's always bringing the energy. It's really fun. Uh, You can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find this podcast on Instagram. It is why is everyone yelling? And we would love to have you join our Facebook group as well. It's called why is everyone yelling? Um, If you ever have any questions or suggestions or just anything at all you want to talk about, you can email me. I am lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. You can also learn more about this podcast network, Sandy Boy Productions, when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. We've got three other shows in the network right now that we would love to have you check out if you are interested. All right, everything we talked about will be in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. If you go there and click on Why Is Everyone Yelling? Uh, You can then sign up for our newsletter so those show notes can be emailed directly to you every single week so that if there's a book or anything we talked about that interests you, you can just get that delivered to your 
inbox. And I promise we don't spam you with a bunch of other stuff either. So, all right, friends, I hope you're having a great day. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?